I want to thank you. Your execution will help restore the Pike's reputation. Your timing is perfect. Speaking of perfect timing, stop what you're doing. Look, you don't have to execute her. We brought your spice back. Ah, foolish. We know you are both working for the Republic and this Jedi. Jedi? Her? A Jedi? Come on. I see. So it is true. The Jedi used you both. How unfortunate that your stupidity is so authentic. Why didn't you tell me? How could I? After what you told me about your parents. Wait. So you're actually a Jedi? Was a Jedi. So you're not a Jedi. I was trained, but I left. You, you can, can do that? that? Prepare to execute them all. It's time for Send in the Clones. Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones in this episode. Just like in the last episode, Ahsoka, Trace, and Raffer are bickering in a pike prison, only this time Ahsoka has a cunning plan to help them all escape. Also, Ahsoka learns that Maul has been hanging out on Mandalore, and Rafa learns that while Ahsoka may be a former Jedi, Ahsoka is a true hero. Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Bucho. The Clone Wars rookie, I might first ever watch The Clone Wars, and next to me in the dropship, he's watched the first six seasons of The Clone Wars three whole times. He's the Ahsoka to my Matez sisters. It's your trusty bro, Robbie. Hello, everyone. And we are going to talk about the 129th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology, written by Charles Murray and Davi Falani, and directed by Nathaniel Villanueva. It's Season 7, Episode 8, Together Again. So, Robbie, how about we roll out with you just giving us a quick recap on how you felt about the first three episodes of this four-episode arc? Well, I mean, you know, to me it's... There's some interesting tidbits in here, but I feel like so far the story has been a little... It's like plot device just to get us from here to here. And some of it doesn't seem very natural or organic. It just seems very... I don't know. I haven't been a huge fan of the... And and of course, I'm coming from it from a different point of view than a lot of other people. But, I mean, there's a lot of people that haven't seen any Clone Wars, so... But for me... I've not only seen all the all of the kind of the extra stuff, but I've also been reading the books and things like that. So I have a lot of prior knowledge. So I feel like we're treading in familiar territory here, at least character-wise. So for me, I've been waiting to see something kind of new and was a little, I guess you could say a little disappointed in these first three episodes of the arc because I felt like we weren't getting anything, you know, super new, at least for me. But thankfully, this episode has uh, turned things around a little bit. I, I enjoyed this one. Season 7, Episode 8, Together Again, opens with our three heroes in Pike Jail arguing again. They're back to bickering. And they completely undermine the previous episode and make me realize that maybe the previous episode, apart from a couple of good laughs that I got out of it, no, I really maybe should have rated that as a 4 out of 10 or something. It feels completely skippable now, so a frustrating opening scene although 
Fortunately though, Ahsoka has a plan which involves Trace and Rafa heading off to retrieve the non-existent dumped spice containers. So there's this big old bluff that she wants to play while she stays back as hostage. So she's basically giving herself up to let the sisters get away. And it also is a scene which leads to Marg Krim confiding in his right-hand man that his life is in the balance too, just like it is for these plucky Mate sisters in Ahsoka because his boss always knows everything. So we have a, might be able to make a few guesses at that point who his boss is going to turn out to be. And of course we find out later. But for now, we see that Ahsoka's plan is to let the Martez sisters get out safely and then to escape on her own. Except that Rafa isn't having that Robbie. Because Rafa feels that then she will owe Ahsoka. And Rafa can't have that. How did you like this early part of the episode, Robbie, where Ahsoka comes up with this plan, the Martez sisters get away, but then Rafa still... <laughs> doesn't want to owe Ahsoka anything. She wants to be an independent woman. Well, it's, uh, yeah, like you said, it it is frustrating that they not only end the previous episode thematically on the same side and on the same, like with the same focus, but they even show that with them all three facing in the same direction. It's like, okay, finally, we're all on the same side. We're all on the same wavelength. Let's get this done. And then, like you said, it starts off with this bickering again, and it's just like, come on. And it's like, three seconds prior, didn't you... I'm talking about Rafa. Didn't you own up to the fact that a lot of this was your fault and even apologize to the others, and now you're <laughs> yeah. you're back yeah. to blaming the... And it's just like, what what is going on here? And it's just, it felt weird. But luckily, you know, it moves quickly past that, and, you know, we get to Ahsoka's ruse, and I really enjoyed this... I don't know. I mean, she's playing a part, Ahsoka is, but it it was interesting to kind of see her almost be like a nefarious kind of person, you know, and acting like, you know, what she would expect a nefarious person to act like, you know? So that was really interesting to, uh, to see. And I enjoyed that a lot. And then of course, you know, as you said, what's the, the, the head pike. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Mug Krim. Yeah. That guy. When he's talking about, he's a Krim rubby. Yeah, and you immediately, if you've been paying attention to the Clone Wars, you know who he's talking about. And it was just like, oh, okay, cool. That's how this is all going to be tying together. And finally, there's some answers to the kind of the questions that I had was almost like, okay, so how this is leading into this final arc of the Clone Wars, right? That we're going to see. So this is the ending of the show. How are we going to get there? And now there's this tie-in. It just got this... It, Got, it got me excited for, for sure. And then what was weird to me, though, is like right after that, you've got... I was trying to figure out what Ahsoka was thinking in the ruse, right? When she's, when she's saying it, it's almost as if she just wants Rafa and Trace out of the way completely. Like, just go home, do your thing, just forget about me, and I'll handle the rest of this. And then Trace is even saying, you know, like acting like, yeah, we're not going back there. You know, this is ridiculous. And it's Rafa that says, no, we, we've got to go back because of this, you know... You could almost say a childish, you know, one-upmanship kind of thing that she wants to do. I found that it was strange because it was almost like a flip of characters that felt a little off to me. You know, that Trace would be finally, you know, saying, okay, well then let's just write all this off and just go back to what we're doing. And Roff is like, no, we got to go save her. It just seemed weird to me, right? I- am I wrong? No, I mean, that's the point. That is the swerve that they're sending you. And then Rafa reveals... It's not that she's being magnanimous. It's because she doesn't want to owe Ahsoka or anything. Yeah, so... That's the same old Rafa. She's not flipping at all. It, it, it was one of those things where, at, in the moment, I was like, wait a minute. What? Why? 
I mean, it, and it, but then it, if, like you said, it makes sense why they're doing it and why Rafa would be pushing to do this. And luckily, it was just kind of a blip. It wasn't something that really affected me as much as some of the other episodes where I was just kind of like, this doesn't feel like, you know, this person would make this decision next, you know? Sure. So, anyway, I, w- I just wanted to mention it because it, for the moment, I was like, wait a minute, what? You know? And then quickly they kind of, I guess, righted the ship, I guess you could say. Yeah, I like that moment with Rafa. And also, I don't think we've mentioned that Steven Stanton is playing Marg Krim and... It's not a showy performance, but I find it really effective. The way that he plays this character, he has this kind of voice where he's talking like this. It's There's something about it that reminds me of something. I don't know what it is. Something kind of cool about it and also creepy mm-hmm. at the same time because he's just talking like this all the time. I'm doing a terrible <laughs> impression like all of my impressions, but I really enjoy Stephen Stanton, who also plays Mazamata. He doesn't have any big roles on the show. I mean, Mark Krim might even be his biggest role, but he plays Mazamata, and here he is, Mark Krim, and I've enjoyed him. And, of course, from there we find out that Rafa's plan is to get some spice from somewhere so she can pay for Ahsoka's release. So Rafa bluffs some dudes with massive faces and I hope you know who, what kind of species they are, Robbie, because I'm going to ask you what species these guys are at the end of this because I don't know. But they load up some of the Pike's own spice into the Silver Angel while Ahsoka back on Pike is escaping and she decides that while she goes she might as well just set a whole bunch of thermal detonators on her way out but while she's doing that she stumbles across Mark Krim having a little holoscope chat with his boss Maul so now we know who the boss is and it's not that much of a surprise and of course Maul also drops the old Crimson Dawn moniker in his threat to take over Mark Krim's operation and then about a minute or so later after discovering Maul is based on Mandalore Ahsoka is captured by the Pikes again and she also exposes herself as, as a Jedi in this moment. And while this is happening, Rafa's fist fighting the Trandoshan Dark Foreman as Trace sort of off screen is apparently taking care of these massive faced dock workers with a pipe. How did you like this escape? And Ahsoka kind of getting away, but not really getting away because she gets caught again. But she's revealed as a Jedi. And Rafa fist fighting a Trandoshan Dark Foreman. This whole section of the episode, Robbie. Some fun action, some revelation of Maul. How did you like this section of the show? Well, I mean, this was, I mean, for for me, this is where a lot of the meat really was. I mean, first of all, Rafa's plan does seem very, very hasty and a little like, okay, you're just going to go steal spice from the pikes. Okay. I mean, well, I guess we're just going to go with this. And I mean, I enjoyed that part, but it felt very almost like a, a childlike kind of plan you know what i mean it just seemed very goofy to me but uh real quick just kind of to stop for a second that is the, the race i just sent you in the discord right yeah that's ben quadneros he was one of the pod racers what is this species though tung t-o-o-n-g i knew i'd seen them before and i couldn't pick it you're right it's the pod race yeah. Yeah, when I saw them last night, I was thinking, man, those guys are familiar, but I don't even know where to search for them because I can't remember where I saw them. I right. can't remember that it was during the pod race. Yeah. So there you go. But anyway, going forward, the hologram conversation between Maul and, was it Krig? Isn't that his name? Mug Krim. Krim. Just remember the Krim part because he's a Krim, Robbie. Ah, a criminal. Yes. 
So yeah, in that conversation, I thought it was it was kind of strange because it it actually took me out of the scene for a second because Maul looks over and he you know out of the corner of his eye he spots Ahsoka yeah and it started to make me think about how holograms work (laughs) right because I'm sitting there going so are you saying because I mean every time we've seen a hologram scene it's really just projecting the person. Sure. But he makes it look almost seem like the whole room is being projected to him. Yeah. And it kind of made me kind of think for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. But then I started thinking maybe he's so in tune with the force that that's what he, like something in the force got him thinking, wait a minute, there's something there. And then I started thinking, okay, he either knows that she's there and he's playing up the, you know, you've got to make sure that all this goes well or else. Or, you know, for him, it's a a win-win. If Ahsoka blows everything up or does whatever she's going to do, because he doesn't know she's going to blow everything up. But if Ahsoka, you know, ruins the pikes, that's good because he can swoop in and do what he needs to do. And if the pikes deliver on what they're supposed to do, then he still wins. So for him, it's that's kind of how I was thinking Maul was playing it at that moment, was that, okay, so he's playing this game of he doesn't care who wins out of their little scuffle because he's going to make out on either way. And it was kind of a fun, almost uh, trying to get in Maul's head at that moment to see what he was thinking. That was kind of fun for me. But then it got me thinking, too, It had it. I had to pause the episode because I'm like, is this the first mention of Crimson Dawn in anything else other than Solo? I think it is. Now, I think Crimson Dawn has has been mentioned like in comics and maybe some books and things like that, but it's the first cartoon or movie or anything that's mentioned it outside of Solo. So it was interesting to find that because, I mean, I love that stuff. I love how everything kind of connects. And since I am a big fan of Solo, I was really happy to hear (laughs) that in there too. And then, yeah, uh, just one of these other little kind of throwaway details that I... It's some of the stuff that I've always loved, you know, about Star Wars is is learning where this comes from and, oh, that's the same race of whatever that comes from this. Whatever. I love all that stuff. When Rafa is fighting that Trandoshan boss, they're on that kind of, I guess it's a, what is that? It's like a crane. I don't know what that thing's called. but it's Like some sort of lift, right? Yeah. They're, and they're fighting on top of that. She kicks him and he makes the noise of one of the raptor calls from Jurassic Park. <laughs> and no, I swear. it's a weird thing that my brain kind of has those, you know, like almost like a database of all that kind of weird crap in my head. And so I'm sitting there trying to figure out what is that noise from? And I was thinking it was from Star Wars. Like I was trying to put it on some sort of animal or something from Star Wars. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is Skywalker sound, right? They're probably pulling from a library of effects. It could be anything that's maybe Steven Spielberg, whatever. And then it got me to Jurassic Park. So I don't know. It was kind of interesting to, to hear that. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed this segment. I mean, I the, this whole section of the episode, Ahsoka's, you know, sneaking around planting bombs and Rafa and Trace, you know, trying to weasel their way into getting some more spice. That was fun. I mean, it was just a fun segment. Well, after Rafa and Trace finish wrecking fools at the docks, they blast off back to Pikeland with their shipment of spice, where they find that a... Hang on. They don't blast off back to Pikeland because they were stealing it from the Pikes. So they were in the same planet the whole time. These notes don't make that much sense, Robbie. That's what's really kind of weird about it, is that I was like, where are they going? They've landed somewhere to steal spice. Are they on the same planet? Yeah, it's obviously part of the same operation, but they do fly to a different planet because we see them approaching that planet, right? But it's already a Pike-controlled planet, 
it's already Pike Spice. They obviously know there's a warehouse somewhere else. Yeah, I'm not sure. But they do find when they get back to Pikeland that Ahsoka is about to be executed. And they also find out, finally, that Ahsoka is a Jedi. Or at least she used to be a Jedi, but left the Jedi Order. And then all of our three heroes are the captives of the Pikes for about the 17th time in the last two episodes until Ahsoka's bombs go boom. Then our heroes are escaping from the Pikes for the 17th time in the last two episodes. So we get a spaceship chase and some pew-pews as Ahsoka takes on the gunner duties and we get Trace successfully playing space chicken with the last Pike fighter. But our heroes somehow don't notice that they're being tailed very closely by Bo-Katan and co as they leave the planet. So this section, Robbie, when the girls finally find out that Ahsoka is a Jedi, or a former Jedi, to be technical, and then we get this chase scene which turns into a spaceship chase scene how did you like this part of the episode that kind of takes us right up not to the end but close to the end yeah to me this section is a little especially the the chase through the canyon or whatever you want to call that that whole sequence was kind of boring to me it was kind of fun to hear some of the callbacks musically right you know some of the uh, that kind of stuff was fun but it was more interesting to see okay so how is this how is this going to play out, right? And I love the, you know, the whole, you know, no, I left the Jedi. You know, you can do that, you know, or it, that was fun, right. you know. That was a fun little sequence. But really, again, one of those things that almost pulls me out of the episode because it's calling directly from a shot from another movie is when they're actually, when they get away and they're making their way back to Coruscant and there's that shot of Bo-Katan's ship flying by as, you know, in pursuit. I mean, it mirrors that exact shot that they added for the special edition of Empire Strikes Back with Boba Fett chasing the Millennium Falcon. So for me, it was just like, okay, whoa, 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 what is that? I know that, (laughs) you know, it's, I mean, it's deliberately pulling from that, you know, so I don't know. I just, I like that a lot. It was kind of cool. And then even the way that I guess it's Bo-Katan flying or one of the, her other former Death Watch members <laughs> is flying, and she even almost does the same movement that Boba Fett does in Empire Strikes Back, so it even calls back further to that set of scenes or shots or whatever. I, th- I really enjoyed that. Well, the episode wraps up back at the Martez sisters' hangar with Rafa telling Ahsoka that Ahsoka is how Rafa wishes the Jedi were, caring about the regular folks like Trace who have good hearts, but maybe get themselves in over their heads through a little bit of naivety, a little bit of desperation to try and free themselves from a life of poverty. And that's right when Bo-Katan strolls in, pops out a hologram of Maul, and asks Ahsoka to come with her to wax that Dathomirian Zabrax butt. And that's when Bo-Katan whisks Ahsoka out of her new pal's lives forever? Question mark? How does you like the way the episode finishes, Robbie, with the... Sisters finally all being friends with Ahsoka, you know, Rafa finally coming around to thinking, you're all right, Ahsoka. And, uh, of course, Bo-Katan coming on in and saying, i got a mission for you. Well, knowing kind of at least the presented arc of Ahsoka beyond the Clone Wars, knowing that, I really enjoyed that conversation at the end because... Rafa and Trace's acceptance of her as a good, moral person solidifies in her mind that she doesn't have to be a Jedi to be moral and to do good and all that kind of stuff, which is, like, to me, that it's not only important for Rafa and Trace, you know, it's an important character moment, a turning point in their thinking, right? But it's a 
super, super important moment for Ahsoka, too. You know, that realization that she can do good. I, 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 I mean, come on. That is awesome. I mean, I really, really enjoyed that. And then, I guess the last thing, sort of as the credits rolled, I started thinking... So now Rafa and Trace just have a bunch of spice that they stole? You know? Do they just they're just sitting on that now? That's weird. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. It's almost like that is almost completely forgotten about by the end. What do you what are they gonna do with all that spice now? Well they deliver it to a reputable, legitimate operation that's gonna turn into medicine, right? There you go. There we just that's our our new headcanon for that. <laughs> well, that section of the episode at the very end there, that features my favorite shot of the episode, Robert. So it's just the low-angled shot of Rafa and Chase watching Ahsoka leave up the ramp of bo ship. Because for me, that symbolizes Rafa and Trace watching Ahsoka leave up the ramp of bo ship, Robbie. But what was your standout shot of Together Again? Mine was the arrival of Rafa and Trace at whatever planet that is to steal the spice. They come in and it's the ship is coming toward the camera. And then it immediately goes under the camera and the camera pivots. And then, you know, the the ship kind of does this roll to the planet. It's just a cool looking shot. That was my favorite one. It definitely flatters the Silver Angel. It's not really a distinctive ship. And I don't even know if I saw it again, if I'd say, hey, that's the Silver Angel. Because, you know, it's a pretty regular ship. It's not asymmetrical or anything. There's nothing about it that really stands out. But, you know, because it has this sort of association with these Martez sisters that, you know, that I've sort of become a fan of, I kind of think fondly of that ship but yeah the old silver angel may she soar in peace throughout the galaxy forever Robbie but before we bring this one up for a landing we need to sum up give our ratings so after your first second watch what? I should be better at this by now Robbie so after seeing season 7 episode 8 Together Again twice how did you like it where does Together Again sit on that 4 star Robbie scale well as I'd said uh, I did enjoy this one the best out of all 4 there's still some, I guess, moments of, like, the, the footing isn't just completely sure. You know, it's a little uneven at, at parts, but I did enjoy the story being told, and I especially appreciated the connections with Crimson Dawn and the former members of Death Watch, and, I mean, all of that stuff kind of coming together and leading us into this final arc of one of my favorite cartoon series ever. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one a lot. So this one is a three- out of four. I got it at seven big face aliens out of ten, Robbie. That's what my notes say because I didn't know what. What are they? Tongs? Tongs? Tong. T O O N G, yeah. So, yeah, solid episode, a lot of fun sequences. You know, I didn't fall fully in love with it, but finally seeing that character growth in the Martez sisters that I thought we saw in the last episode was nice. So, just wraps up real sweet. And. I guess uh, we'll have to wait and see whether it holds up to being a non-skippable arc. I mean, I think episode three of the arc is going to be considered completely skippable. But, you know, overall, a fun arc. And overall, I've, I've liked these Matisses. I would even watch a spin-off show. If they made a spin-off show of these two girls and their misadventures, I would be in for that. But that's Mission Accomplished for Season 7, Episode 8, together again. So, Robbie... Why don't you please take a moment to let the troops out there know what are our communications channels? Of course. We are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail and on Twitter and on Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 130th episode of the Star Wars.com Clone Wars Chronology Season 7, Episode 9. 
old friends not forgotten. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusted pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support Sending the Clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. will be with you, always. So, you're not going to arrest me for spice smuggling? Why would I do that? Well, you're a Jedi, right? Don't you make a living tracking down criminals like me? I told you, I was a Jedi. I don't understand. Why would anyone walk away from being a Jedi? It's complicated. No offense, but I don't want to hear your complicated story. Let me level with you. You might not think of yourself as a Jedi, but you act like one. Or at least how I want them to be. She's right. We got in over our heads. Without you, we'd be done for. Jedi or not, I consider you my friend. Isn't this sweet? Making friends? Trace and Rafa, back away. So you remember me? Don't worry. Death Watch is gone. And now, you and I have a common enemy. Ma. I need your help. Once we are underway, I will explain everything. You have five minutes to decide. Sounds like she needs your help, just like we did. But if I go down this path... I'm afraid where it might lead. You mean, back to the Jedi? Yes. Go. It's what you're meant to do. Rafa's right. All right. But let me keep my bike here, just in case. Deal. Deal.